You're listening to the Girls Gone Gab podcast. We're your hosts, Mackenzie and Sierra. Buckle Buckle up, because we're about to get gabbing. All right, we are back, back again with another episode of Girls Gone Gab. Uh, I think we're on like 42 now. Which is crazy. It seems like we just started. I'm like, oh yeah, we just had like this little podcast thing we do. And I'm like, uh, we've been uh, 42 weeks in a row now. <laughs> I mean, honestly, kudos to us. Like the fact that we've both stuck to our guns for almost a full calendar year and have not missed is pretty impressive. I mean, this is a long-term relationship at this point. Yeah. I mean, we were already in one, you know, like we weren't separated before, but we're really in it now. I mean, committed to each other at least an hour a week. So we are committed. Yeah. So we in this, we're back again. I think we'll start off with some, some news. What, what do we have? What's, what's popping? Okay. I, I know everyone's tired of me saying it. I know everyone thinks I'm crazy. The Taylor Swift album is coming on Friday. It's coming and <laughs> I cannot be convinced otherwise. I'm At this skeptical. point, it's, it's I coming. I don't think I'm a believer just yet. I think you're not a believer because you don't want to be let down. I mean, maybe. That's- I think that's the reason most people, either that or they're not deep enough into the Taylor Swift conspiracies on TikTok. And I'm I deep, deep. I hard to believe. I'm like, she just has so much like how on earth it just doesn't seem possible but no I mean I wouldn't be mad if she did I'm not like yeah no no I don't believe it because I don't want it that's not it I want it give it to me but also I don't know she just seems real busy I don't know that feels like a lot but I think she record I think she recorded what's coming out on Friday like way back in the pandemic I think she did um all three of this trilogy so to speak um at the same time like she wrote them all together so like I think it's been done and dusted for a minute and it just makes no sense why there would be three colors in all of the marketing packaging and there's just all these things with three in the branding and she doesn't do anything like as an accident oh we just threw that color in for spice we just No. And then someone was saying like her Instagram grid is perfectly lined up to be another album. Cause like when she drops an album, she does like the nine pictures that make up one big picture and her grid is ready for a drop. It's ready. Okay. But if she posts something like tomorrow, people are going to go crazy. I know. And, um, I don't, I don't know all the pieces of the conspiracies. Like I'm not the one that puts this together. I just watched them all on TikTok. But um there's something like the each of her cats have like lined up with an album. Like there's been like some reference to the cat somehow. Like whether it's on her Instagram or whatever to each cat. And Meredith hasn't been around. She hasn't like been public on Instagram. She hasn't been seen whatever for like over a year or a while. And she made a post last week and was like everyone's asking where Meredith is. And it was like all these pictures of her, like hiding or kind of on the run. And the first three words were well, 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 in all caps, three words. 
then down at the bottom, there was a picture or there was like the black cat emoji, the orange cat emoji, and then a question mark emoji. If, if it's not true, she's cruel. She's just being mean at this point. <laughs> she's, she's playing a cruel trick on us. But, but I'll tell you one thing. My girl has never let me down. She has never let me down. And I don't think she'll do it this week. So do you, do you say your prayers to God, Jesus and Taylor Swift? Is that what you do at night? <laughs> I think we are spirit animals on many levels. I think we are one in the same, um, a little bit crazy, a little bit fun, a little bit cool. <laughs> okay. Me and my girl Taylor. Um, I'm not someone because I value my sleep a lot that will be up at midnight on, um, Thursday night, but I'm just going to make peace with it on Thursday when I go to sleep and I will plan on carving out some time Friday to listen to some T Swift. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll see, uh, see what happens, I guess. Uh, If that is the case, this episode will come out on the day. Oh my, oh, it would be so sweet. So so if you're listening (laughs) right now on Friday. Or I just look like a total idiot right now. (laughs) Or you just look crazy. So we'll see. But the people that are like, oh no, it's not coming. You have to at least admit there's signs. Like the people that believe it are not just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Yeah, no, I mean, people are making up these theories and like some of them make sense, but I'm just like, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it, but I just don't know. It could be the best one yet. It could be my favorite song ever on there. Do you think it's going to be called Woodville? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Okay, because I know that's been floating around for a while. Yeah, I'm not really tied to that. I just want to know that. Yeah, I feel like she kind of debunked that like, no. Yeah. Like because of the whole it accidentally showing up in the background of a CD, like of the album art. Yeah. But but I think she put that there and I think she was just playing it coy. I think she's really trying to do it to us this year because she's re-recording the album. She's like, oh yeah, and I'm going to hit you with three albums at once and I'm going to sweep the Grammys next year and it's just going to be like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> just a total knockout. Just psh, psh, psh. TKO from my girl Taylor. So um, I just need to put that out there. I hope I don't sound like a Looney Tune on Friday as you guys are listening to this. Um, but yeah, uh, that's something I've been thinking about. Um, I had a funny little sitch this weekend. Okay. What's the stitch? What's the 411? Um, it's really not. I actually don't know, by the way. This isn't a bit. I, I actually don't know what she's about to say. Yeah. Um, it's not that juicy and it's not that deep. Um, but long story short, I matched with this guy on Bumble, and this is like the ultimate. I don't know about ultimate, but the closest I've come to having a John Tucker must die moment. Um, so this guy I matched with on Bumble at some point last week, just like briefly talked, nothing intense at all. 
but he kept trying to like set up a date or hang out or whatever. And I was honestly like, I kept putting it off or like saying I was doing things because I was, and I was recovering from my second vaccine that I got last Monday. So I was just like not in the mood to do much. So on Friday, my friend Kim texted me and, um, she was like, Hey, my brother's in town, a couple of, um, my friends and me and my brother, were going to go get drinks at this like outdoor patio place. Um, like, do you want to come? And there were no, there was no set plans for a date on Friday, but it was like kind of being like, you can tell when someone's like about to ask you kind of thing. And it was kind of leading down that path. And I told her, I was like, well, I might be doing this like date thing, like stay tuned. Well, long story short, Mackenzie came home on Friday night and took a nap. Um, and so nobody heard from the date. No, no, like I said, there wasn't a set plan. It wasn't like, we're going to this place at this time. I thought you were like, um, I fell asleep. So I just, I missed it. No, I, I, I am not that person at all, but no plan got made. And I just like, kind of didn't respond, um, to whatever the last thing was, which wasn't like, I didn't like leave him on a ledge. It wasn't like, Hey, do you want to do something? And I just left him there. But anyways, um, so Kim thinks I'm going on a date and that guy just thinks I fell off, I guess. And I took a nap. Well, on Sunday, it was so nice out and I was back to feeling good. So I texted Kim and I was like, Hey, we should grab a drink tonight. Just like, you know, a little funsy. And so Kim was like, okay, cool. So I told her, I was like, yeah, I didn't even end up going on a date on Friday. I ended up taking a nap. So then she's like, oh my gosh, I have to tell you this story about how me and my friend both went to this guy's house I matched with. And at first I was like, excuse me, what pause reverse? Like, was this like a, a double up situation or, (laughs) (laughs) um, and she was like, hold on. Yeah. I was like, she was like, like, hold while we were at the bar, like ordering our drinks. So we order our drinks, we get back down to the table and she starts telling the story and she's like, okay, so this guy, he had matched with her. So Kim has two friends, um, that she both, she met both of them on Bumble BFF and, um, she, I don't know why I just got tongue tied there. (laughs) I blanked on the story for a second. So, um, she was talking about how she had matched with this guy. And then she realized that her friend had also matched with him because he told her, like, he asked her for her Instagram, Kim followed her on Instagram. And then he was like, Oh, by the way, I don't really like your friend blank. I won't mention her name in case she doesn't want to be featured on the podcast. That is rude because they have a picture together on Kim's Instagram. And so Kim was like, that's kind of rude to be like shit talking to my friends on <laughs> uh, before you even meet me or whatever. Cause like they hadn't even gone on a date yet or anything. And he um, hadn't, he hadn't said because I took her on a date. Yeah. He didn't say why he was just like, he was being really vague about it. So of course Kim asked her friend and she was like, Oh, it got so weird. We were talking and he like went on a trip or a vacation or something. And 
uh, I guess they had talked for a couple days or for a little bit and she had texted him or they were texting after that. And she was joking and she was like, like, Oh, have you been texting all your other girls? Like, clearly kidding because like I think they had maybe been on one date I don't even know if they I think they went on one date but I don't think any more than that like it wasn't serious she was clearly kidding you know what I mean (laughs) and he took it the wrong way and was like oh my gosh you're crazy why are you blowing up and she was like it was a joke like you're on a dating app I'm assuming you're talking to other people relax (laughs) like I'm not hurt over it so like you should probably calm down um so yeah after that that bridge kind of burned there and so then Kim knew about it and then apparently Kim's friend who had this experience with him also she has another friend who Kim also knows who had an experience with him and I'm not really sure of her story or experience with him but there's three of them that have all interacted with this guy and he has a very unique name. And so Kim is telling me this story. She goes, so before she gets into actually like the story itself, she goes, yeah, he lives at XYZ apartments downtown, which is like a known place here. He just moved in. Well, this guy light bulb moment for you. (laughs) I was like, hold on. What is his name? And she was like, it's blank. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is the guy that I was supposed to maybe go on a date with on Friday night. And she was like dying laughing. She was like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. (laughs) She was like, I have to text the group chat. There's like a group chat with those three girls because she said, after all of that happened or after they found all this out, they were actually all three out together um, like a couple weeks ago. And she was like, should I text him and pretend that like, I want to come over. And like, this is all in good fun because like at the end of the day, none of these three girls were like deeply involved with him or anything. So like he might be a little weird or crazy maybe, but he also could be like a good guy. Like I'm not totally demonizing him. Yeah. Just more, like not there are they, but it's just funny. So she's like, should I just like pretend like I'm going to go over to his place and then bring you all. And so he, she did, she oh. got him, she got him a hook, line and sinker. They showed up at his apartment and Kim knocks on the door and he answers. And she's like, I have a surprise for you. And then the other two girls jump out and he was like, oh my gosh, he wasn't like mad. He was kind of like backpedaling at that point. He was like, I had a feeling this was going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And just try to like brush it off, laugh, haha. And then the girls just like left afterwards. So then when she was telling me all of this on Sunday, I was like, oh my gosh, should we text him a picture of like you or like us together right now? And she was like, oh my gosh, yes, that would make this so much better. Because at this point, it's just weird. Now I have this background info. Like I'm not already deeply involved with this guy at all. So it's like, I'm not going to like pursue this further because that would be odd. So it's like that, that chance is kind of like shot. So let's just have fun with it. Um, Again, all in good fun. And so I text, I said, guess what? And he replies with, um, uh, are you pregnant? LOL. And I was like, what? 
guys won't. You're like, what? that's not how this is supposed to go. Wait, wait, wait. Let's run that back. Let's try again. I'm like, first of all, that's not a normal response. I mean, I think he was just trying to make a joke, but I'm like, um, no. Also, just for clarification for any of our listeners, there is zero chance I am pregnant, especially with his child, but not with anyone's. Um, <laughs> I've never met this man in my life. So Kim was like, to mess with him, you should just say yes. Just like say yes and nothing else back. So I said yes. And then before he could reply, I um, sent him a picture of Kim and I said, uh, I'm here with your friend Kim. <laughs> and he said, uh, You should have been like, you should have sent the picture of you and Kim and be like, We're having twins. <laughs> he said, LOL, Kim is a terrorist. It's official. A terrorist. Wow. And I said, ha 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 ha. He said, LOL, to her credit, she literally knows every woman in the city of Cincinnati. And I said, what can she say? She's a socialite. And he said, I would absolutely agree with that. Need a new profile line that says, if you have any friends named Kim, swipe left. <laughs> but my matches will apparently go to zero overnight. <laughs> And I think it's just funny because it's just a little lesson or story in how small the dating world is. I've already had like little run-in situations before like this. And even like, I mean, Cincinnati's not New York city, but in the grand scheme of all the cities in the United States, Cincinnati's up there. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not small, um, but I mean, here's a situation right here. One guy, four of us girls that know each other. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like there's just been so many other times that me and um, my friend Kim and just like other single friends that I have in the area are like, oh, yep, I know that guy. I mean, me and you have had. Yeah. I mean, I sent you a screenshot recently, like, <laughs> oh, look at this like response I got from someone. And you're like, oh, yep, matched with him once upon a time like yeah and we're in two totally different cities so exactly I'm like it is a small small world after all as they once said yeah. um and again all in good fun no hate on this guy like it just is what it is sometimes it's like oh and I'm at <laughs> the wrong four people you know because like everyone yeah. knows that everyone is like talking to multiple people at least in the beginning you know when you're just casually dating so no harm no foul but it, it just gets weird if it's friends because you just can't really recover from that I haven't told you this yet but just recently I haven't I haven't done anything about it yet I'm, I'm still mulling it over I'm still thinking about it I, can we I just talk about was it on the podcast last week I don't mean to interrupt we'll go right back to your story when I said guess what like guess who I'm going on a date with or something and you were like Harry Styles dead serious. And I'm like, I just want to shout out Sierra for having that much confidence in me. Um, because she was dead serious. Like that was just a genuine guess. And I was like, good guess, but no, um, not this time. Anyways, now continue with your story. I just had to let the audience know that happened. <laughs> I was really excited for you. I don't know. I was, I was shooting for the stars for you. Okay. Nothing but the best. I'm like, yeah, actually I am. Um, don't tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay that's a whole nother thing we need to get into I don't know if today's the day but okay back, back to my story back it up Terry put it in reverse um I got 
a match recently on their end. Like I haven't matched with them yet on Hinge, but it's someone okay. from someone from my past. They're sitting in my queue and not anyone that I've ever been in a relationship with, but that I knew when I was like in middle school. And is it that one? That one. I don't know. I don't know who you're thinking of. Is it the one that, not that I know him, but the one that I matched with once and you were like, oh, I know him. No, that was high school. No, he okay, didn't go okay, okay. to middle school. No, but this is a major <laughs> clue again. Major I, key. Major key. I don't think he listens to the podcast because I, I haven't spoken to this person in a really long time, like probably since I was like 12, but we were in a band together. Like we were both in the same bands like we performed for like two years or so and then he kind of like fell off but like I stayed in the band and we got a we ex- like got a couple different members but yeah. like that was during the time that I like was just getting a cell phone like I didn't text anyone this was all like the band was in middle school like we were all like seventh eighth grade or like going into high school okay. when we were yeah in the band and it wasn't like marching band like yeah no like we practiced like on our own and like played gigs like around town yeah I don't think I know this person you don't know this person no well you just gave me a hint you were like this is a major hint like I was gonna know it I'm like no (laughs) no I just meant like this isn't like major like this is how I know them okay Okay. And so, um, I don't know how I feel about it. I was going to say you're leaving it hanging. So is there interest? I have no idea. I don't know anything about this person. All I know is that I knew them when they were like 12. (laughs) I don't know what they're like now. Is he a cute 12 year old? A grown adult. He was like, (laughs) like nice, like nice of all the boys, all the boys in the band. I was the only girl. He was like, nice and kind is the adjective you want (laughs) when like and not one of the like loud annoying ones so he was like nice yeah yeah like more considerate that like I'm a girl you know what I'm saying because like some of them just be like kind of stupid and crude and like I mean they're middle school boys exactly and like have no filter even when I'm in the room and I feel like he was probably one of the ones that like wouldn't say certain things when I was around so it's like maybe a little bit more like gentlemanly, but he was I mean, also that's like, all very ahead. nice, but that did not answer my question. I asked if he was cute and you said he was kind, um, which okay, is a great I'm quality kidding. to have. About qualities, cute at the time when I was 12 and he was 12, I was not attracted to him. No, okay, I was not. That's a fact. But also yeah. like he was the smallest. And I'm like, I'm already a small person. And he was like a small person. And some people think small people go together, but I'm just not into small people. I'm I not into small like you people. are though. Now, not what? like, I'm not making you out to be a tiny human person, but you've said before, like, like a height wise thing, like you don't need someone to be like a giant, like I you know, and I don't. And I'm sure yeah. he has grown since he's been 12 years old. I'm sure he's <laughs> We're making him sound like he's like three foot tall. No, but he was like, I don't know. He probably had a growth spurt later. Yeah. But at the time, 
of the boys in the band, he was not my first choice if I wanted to date any of them. So okay. that's out there. So my how's he looking out? <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. I don't, I haven't responded. The other thing. Did though, he make a comment or did he just like a photo? He liked one of my prompts. Okay. I feel like it's, I don't know. I don't know my feeling. I guess it depends on the person of like, if you know each other, do you just like acknowledge it up front to not be. I know. I'm like, do I at least, do I at least just respond and be like, wow, I haven't seen you in forever or just, or don't. Wow. You really grew. Because if I don't say anything, then he's going to be like, okay, she definitely ignored me. Yeah. But you also don't want to like, like him if that's not your intention there, because then that could just lead things the wrong way. Exactly. Especially if you're not already in the same friend groups as like harsh as it is like, you know, cause I'm sure he's not interested in just like catching up. Yeah. Yeah. I would keep it at an like, arm's length unless you're interested in that way. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Someone from my uh, childhood is coming around the corner. And then you mentioned Harry Styles and I hadn't mentioned this to you, but like, actually this happened several weeks ago. I had a dream about Harry Styles and I don't ever have dreams that I remember. Yeah. Ever, 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 ever. Yeah. You've mentioned that. And I had a dream and I actually wrote this one down because I was like, I, this is special. It was special. I felt good all day. I was like, now, you know, the power of the dreams. I was like, this is the best dream I think I've ever had. And it was about Harry Styles. So I don't know if today's the day that we want to get into it, but I have it written down. It's a short story. I'm like, is it long? I mean, can you you give it to the people? She's running off camera to grab her notepad. (laughs) Um, I got to find the page that I wrote it on because I just kind of like flipped to a random page and wrote it down. Okay. So stay tuned while I try to find it. Um, I'm like not having good luck at the moment. Oh, here we go. Uh, random dream log. Uh, I wrote this down. I had this on Sunday, April 11th. Okay. So I've been sitting on this for a while. Um. <laughs> And I wrote this very quickly. It's yeah. only like one page and I wrote it very quickly. So this is not an in-depth story. But yeah, I'm like, what styles is going to be in? Sonnet, first person? It's very fast and it's just like first person. Yes. The very first sentence is Harry Styles and I fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all you need Off to know the right there. But it says, I was walking around at work which is a senior living facility. If you don't know that (laughs) I was walking around this community of old people. I opened up an apartment door and inside was Harry and some of his friends, older people. No, some of his friends. I don't know them. Okay. And I'm in shock. I apologize profusely. And I say, I didn't know anyone was staying here. And he tells (laughs) me that it's okay. And asked me to come in and join them. And I join in and we're vibing. Okay. Everything's going well. We're hanging out. And I'm like, this is amazing. Is this in the middle of the workday? 
I guess so. It's in the middle of the workday. <laughs> yeah, I don't you're know. You're not there at night. It doesn't make sense. Um, so then I leave at some point and I go down to the front desk and I'm like, why did nobody tell me that Harry Styles was staying in one of our rooms? Yeah. And which like you're in charge of that. So you would know. Exactly. I'm like, I, I keep an inventory of these rooms. <laughs> like that's why I was going in the empty ones to make sure that everything was okay. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it was a secret. Like he's traveling and he wanted to stay in a place that was like very inconspicuous. <laughs> so he chose this elderly community and was like, they have empty rooms. Like we'll stay in one of those. And so it was a secret. And they're like, we weren't allowed to tell anyone like NDAs, all the things. I was like, okay. I just happened to stumble upon him. Yeah. So, um, obviously I wanted to like see him more, but Mm -hmm. I was a little scared. And so I go back to the room, uh, like the next day or a different day in the dream. I don't know. I knock on the door and nobody answers. So I'm like, Oh man, he must've gone home. Like he's must've left already. Yeah. But I turn around and what do you know? There he is. He saw me knocking on the door And he was just like, oh, you came back for more. And I was like, yes, I did. Hi, I'm really awkward. How are you doing? And he's like, I really enjoy spending time with you. Let's do it again. Um, And gave me a big old kiss. And then that was the end. (laughs) So so that was my dream of how me and Harry fell in love at the elderly person home. I love it. I was like- I was like, this can't be real. And it's not. <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> and it's not real. And this is a plug for the senior living community. Uh, you might just find hairstyles in one of the rooms. And if you're looking for a place for your grandma or grandpa, give me a call. <laughs> <laughs> DM us on Instagram at Girls Gun Gabs. Here I will hook you up. Um, wow. Yeah. I mean, those dreams, I'm telling you, they do something to you. I've never written any of mine down, but like I've said in previous podcasts, I get them fairly frequently. I don't get like a good one like that all the time. Um, but I'm always dreaming about something. Yeah. Okay. This, that was a first for me in like a really long time that I woke up and I was like, this is so vivid. It feels real. I need to cherish this. I don't want to forget it. So I wrote it down. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, with that, let's take a quick little break and then we will hop into the book club. All right. So, um, this week we read through chapters five through eight of how to avoid falling in love with a jerk. And yeah. Um, do you want to kick us off with our commentary and thoughts for the week? Absolutely, I do. Um, Chapter five was called Find Your Soulmate, and it was all about um, compatibility. And it talks about the three dimensions, the three C's, if you will, of compatibility. And it talks about how if any one of these three is missing, then your compatibility is going to be thrown off, it's going to be compromised. And so those three things are chemistry, complementarity, and comparability. Um, Can't say those three things fast. Um, 
but maybe we'll get into like just the short description of what each one of those means. Um, chemistry is pretty, I mean, self-explanatory. We know what that means. It's just like that instant, like click that intoxicating, like attraction feeling, um, complementarity is like the extent to which your differences are both beneficial to each other. So complementing each other and then comparability are your key similarities. So those key things that like you probably should line up on. Yeah, I think those were like a little confusing when I first um, listened through, but it all makes sense. You need all three of them, um, but it tends to be that we most often focus on chemistry, which the book's not saying that chemistry isn't important. Like they make clear that it is um, a good thing to have, but the chemistry is not always the best judge of character. Um, and it can kind of like blind you to see what you want to see, not being aware of kind of like the illusion that you're under, so to speak. And it's not always long lasting or constant. So chemistry can fade. Like you could feel that in the beginning, but if that complementarity or the comparability pieces aren't there, like that's going to shine through pretty quickly. Yeah. And they talk about, uh, or they, or the author touches on how if you start with like really intense chemistry at the beginning of your relationship, um, that potentially later on in down the road, you may have to find like a balance with like maybe restraining that chemistry so that it doesn't take over and like overpower the other two things. Mm-hmm. Um, which I could definitely see that happening. It's like, you don't want to have too much of one thing. It's like, you have to have a balance of everything. Kind of like we mentioned last week with the switchboard and like everything being in perfect, perfect balance. Yeah, absolutely. So they kind of talk in there, um, or the author, um, I keep saying they, I think because the last book club, it was two authors and that's just, I know I keep saying they too. Um, but you know, gender neutral, Um, so (laughs) the author talks about, um, like how some relationships are chemistry first. So like having that click, having that connection and then like the relationship piece or like the friendship, the, like the values, all of that stuff kind of like lining up second. And then other people have had relationships, relationship first and chemistry second. And the way that I took his interpretation or explanation was that like, either can be fine. Neither is bad. Um, Mm -hmm. and both can work out, but they're just like different. And so I'm curious what yours is. I think that we'll be the same in that. Like, I think I'm definitely like a chemistry first relationship, second person. I mean, I don't know. I'm very logical. Like I'm not going to like, I'm not even going to like open the door with someone that's like just not compatible at all, like on a lot of logistic levels with me. But at the same time, if there's not a click there, like you can be like a good friend or we can have a lot in common, but like, unless there's that like chemistry piece to kick it off, I'm like, no, it's not there. And I'm like moving on next. Yeah. I mean, here's what I'll say about myself. Like we touched on this already and like, it's not a secret. I have this tendency to 
be a little bit too nice and gracious with my time with people that deep down I know like are not the person for me. And so even though like I may think someone is attractive online or whatever, we go on a date, we start talking, the conversation is great. Everything is great. But then I'm like, "Mm, but I don't really know that I want to like kiss them or make out with them, but like everything else was fine. And so I'll keep on giving them a chance because I'm like, yeah, well, it might come later, but maybe I'll want to make out with them one day. Maybe I will later, but also like, I know that it's not important for me to actually come first. Like in my mind, I'm like, it's okay if the chemistry comes later, but I think I would prefer it to come first. Cause I'm like, it's easier when you know that you're attracted to someone. Yeah. To me, I just don't want to be married to someone that I'm like, yeah, I just really was kind of did not want to kiss you at all for weeks, months. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want that to be the narrative that doesn't, I like, I wouldn't want someone to feel that way about me. Like I wouldn't want to get married to someone that I was like really into from the get-go. And then they were like, yeah, for like the solid first bit, I, was kind of repulsed. Um, but I came around to you and (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I know. I'm like, I feel the same way. I'd feel really hurt if I was with someone that was like, you know, it took me a really long time to come around, but eventually I did. And I'm like, no, I want you to be obsessed with me from the beginning. So yeah. Which again, like it, 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 cause if not, then it just feels like, oh, well you were of similar social stature and good family pedigree. And I thought, <laughs> why not? Let's, let's get into this courtship situation. Feels a little bit too, um, Bridgerton. yeah, Bridgerton vibes for me, <laughs> but also at the same time, I'm not saying I'm locking eyes with someone on the side of 75, and being like, that's the one, even though there's a million red flags and no logistics for us to be together. Like, you know, there's got to be both, but I would prefer for there to be some chemistry from the get-go. Yeah, I agree. Like I said, it's not always what I go with. I, I usually like give it some time and then I'm like, okay, I've spent way too much time hoping it would come and it didn't come. And I'm like, I got to get out. So I would prefer that the chemistry come first. Yeah. But, but you, know, you just can't uh, choose your own fate. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, so the chapter also just kind of goes on to talk about how similar you should be. And w- there's not really an answer of like, you must agree on this or you must be the same in this regard, but it just says like, you basically need to take all of these things into consideration. So like their personality, so whether they're introverted or extroverted, active, not active, quiet versus really talkative, just like their general patterns, moods, temperaments, um, how they think about the world, their sense of humor, um, re- like their values, marriage, parenting, spiritual, religious beliefs, um, finances and money, like lifestyle, hobbies, habits, responsibilities in the home, like all of those types of things. Like you should be aware of where your partner is at on all of those scales, which seems obvious, but a lot of people just don't truly know where their partner is at and like how well that's going to 
complement or work with their own style and just taking Mm -hmm. that all into account. Yeah. And I think the key thing about um, the whole complementarity piece is that I really liked how the author described it as like, you can be complementary, meaning like you don't have to be exactly the same Mm -hmm. in each aspect. But again, we can't be total opposites. Like one talks way too much. One doesn't talk at all. Like, but even if you're different or you see things a little bit differently, or you like a little bit different music or whatever it is, as long as at the end of the day, whatever those qualities are that you're different in, as long as at the end of the day, like you can appreciate those things about the other person and like you feel like your bond is stronger because you do have a few things that are different. Yeah. Yeah. Not like that one thing that's different about you is the, my absolute disdain. I hate that. And like, that's not going to work. Like I love that I'm this and I hate that quality. And that's like your greatest quality. Yeah. So for example, in my, in my personal life, like I know, and we've talked about this before that I don't know a lot about finances. Like I don't, I am on a journey to learn more, but if I were with someone and they knew a lot about finances, I'd be like, I like that quality about you. Yeah. Cause that's something you want to grow in. Yeah. We're different in that, but I appreciate that you have this interest and I, it would make us stronger because you have it and I don't, and I want to get on that level. So just for an example. Yeah. But like in my case, like I'm someone that loves being on time and loves being (laughs) organized and like that kind of thing. And like my disdain is when people are late now, granted, I have friends that are late. Like I have family that is late, like, and I have not killed anyone yet, but, (laughs) and like, I'm generally accepting, like people know it's not my jam, but I'm not like, oh my gosh, you're such a selfish person. I'm like, why are you late? How dare you? You know, I'm not like attacking people, but I think if it was going to be like my life partner and someone that I'm going to have to do a lot of things with and together, and you're going to be late like daily. And that's just like your way of being. And you don't see it as an issue at all. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that could end up being a problem. Now, if that's the only thing and everything else is total magic, like maybe it's something we work with, but if like, that's the case and then something else is off and something else is off and it's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. So, um, the last one was, what was it? Comparability. That's just, again, I already said it, but like your key, key similarities, that's going to be like, again, those family values your spiritual, your, or religious, your marriage, you know, you need to know whether or not somebody even wants to be married and have kids or, mm-hmm. or not, or how they feel about the future in general. So those are those like key points that you should probably be aligned on if you want to, you know, be successful in the future. But moving on to chapter six, um, it's kind of all about communication. Um, and, um, it's, I mean, a lot of this is, makes a lot of sense. And I don't want to say it's common sense because 
even though it's probably a lot of things that we've heard before or read before, um, it's still nice to be reminded that, you know, communication is something that definitely makes for makes or breaks your relationship. Yeah. I think communication is huge. I am a, I communicate a lot. I'll put it that way. I communicate a lot and, and I like that about myself. Um, did you say you do or you don't? I like, I like that much. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, no, I'm certainly not like, I think I should be quiet more often. Like that, that thought doesn't go through my brain. Um, <laughs> sorry if it bothers anyone else, but not sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm like, to me, communication is huge. Like I cannot be with somebody that's just like a non-communicator because I can't be pulling the whole wagon, but, um, yeah, we're, we don't want to like go too deep on chapter six of the weeds. Um, but just some important points that stood out. I know I've heard this many times before. Um, and I think the first time it was introduced to me was actually in one of my communication classes, my freshman year or no, my junior year of college. Um, and I forget the, um, researcher that, stated this fact, um, but he's a very well-known, um, psychologist and therapist and researcher, um, that there's this five to one ratio that for every five positive or for every one negative interaction or communication that you have with your partner, there should be five positive ones in most successful relationships. That was like kind of the sweet spot of how things landed And like, when you really think about that, especially with like someone that you've maybe been with for like a really long time, that's kind of a lot. Like, I think that takes active work of, um, not that like everyone's just fighting and having negative interactions all the time, but there's a lot of neutral things that you talk about. Like, especially if you're married or living together of like, did you take the trash out today? And oh, by the way, our water bills do next, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that, that I feel like a lot of it probably one gets lost in the new neutrality of day-to-day stuff. And then two, like some of the negative interactions might not necessarily be like you blew up and got in a big fight, but it could just be like small comments or things that are taken the wrong way or not really like fully discussed or whatever. And so I think it takes active work to make sure that like you're basically five times five times ended up on the positivity over the negativity (laughs) and affection and all that, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't take any communication classes. I took like one speech class, um, and like an acting class. (laughs) So that's the extent of my communications um, background in college. But, um, so I had never really heard of this five to one ratio before, but, um, it definitely like, you know, it's something that I've never thought of. I've never thought of the fact that, you know, when you do have those conflicts or those negative interactions that you should balance it out with um, even more positive things. Because I, unfortunately, I think it's just my, my nature, my, I don't know, personality or what you want to call it. And I don't want to make excuses for myself, but I do tend to get kind of caught up in 
like the negative um interactions that I encounter not saying I'm like a downer all the time but I can let them get the best of me and I'll have like a hard time you know bouncing back like quickly or maybe I just take a little bit more time to like come back around and be like okay forgiveness all of that sort of thing so definitely made me think like okay in my future when things go down I gotta gotta spin it around yeah yeah. I mean, it works in both, both ways. Like if it's something where like you're upset because something that your partner said to you or whatever, like in that regard, there needs to be like five positive. And I'm not saying like all on there and like, they need to make it up to you, but like, they're going to have to work extra hard. If you're someone that like can easily get caught on the negative, you know what I mean? And I mean, the whole, the whole principle makes sense in general of like, yeah, when you think about it at the end of the day, your relationship should be made up of majority positive and not like, yeah, 60% of our interactions are negative, but the other 40 are good. Um, exactly. That would not be good. Yeah. So the chapter goes on to just talk about kind of what we already touched on last week, um, a little bit of just like actions speak louder than words. So when thinking about communication, don't think about just what they're telling you. Um, or if they're giving you gifts or doing these kind of like makeup apology behaviors, like that kind of thing. Um, but really paying attention to the way that they act, the way that they treat you, the way that they treat others. Um, and just like their true character. Yeah. I, um, I liked the little tidbit where it was like, words can, you know, cut deep or they can lift you up. They can inspire you. Um, but you have to have actions that kind of back up those things. Um, because without any kind of action behind them, like the words mean nothing. Um, and so I was like, yeah, for someone who maybe is a good communicator, um, maybe like yourself, I'm not saying this is you, but maybe like you lack the action aspect of it again not saying that you do but I'm just saying because you are a good communicator like Mm -hmm. um it's like you know that you have to follow that through with actions Mm -hmm. um whereas I think I'm maybe more of an actions person and not a words person Mm -hmm. like I do uh I identify as someone who has a hard time putting their feelings into words um if you listen to this podcast you're probably like yeah you make no sense most of the time (laughs) But I, I do think like I'm an actions person as far as like, I think I show my respect and love and all of that, like better through how I treat people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you need, you definitely need both. So stay on high watch, um, folks for both of those. <laughs> um, and then I have both towards the end, they talk about, um, just finding again, a balance between listening and talking. And, um, I think that's huge because again, I'm a big communicator, a big talker. So like, if I, if you're the only person in the relationship that's communicating, even if you are initiating difficult conversations about your relationship or conflicts or things like that, if you're a other partner, even if they're agreeing and they're like, yeah, okay, that sounds good. Okay. I'll do that. Like, I'll be better at this. Like, and you're like pouring your heart out, you're going deep, you're like putting in the work, you're doing all of this. And they're just kind of like dead fish handshaking you. 
like that ain't it. You know what I mean? Um, you've <laughs> got to have equal effort. Like to me, that's so frustrating. So, cause at the end of the day, the goal is to just feel understood and validated. And you can't feel that if someone's just kind of like, again, for lack of a better term, like half-assing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't like pinpoint a specific time where I've been in this scenario where I feel like it's been mostly one or mostly the other, at least in any of my serious relationships. Now I'm sure I've been on dates where I've been like, okay, this person talks way too much and like, doesn't ask me a single thing about me Mm -hmm. or doesn't ask me a single thing about me until like 30 minutes into the conversation. And you're like, okay, this is a lot. But in any of my serious relationships, I don't think I've had this problem. So I do think I'm pretty like attuned to that. Like I need someone to, again, make me feel understood and like want to know me and, and back and forth and back and forth. Like I very much love the back and forth of conversation. Um, So when it's one-sided one way or the other, I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I'm like, get me out of here. Um, so that's, that's major, major. Um, but one of the other things that the author said, um, towards the end of this chapter was that communication opens the door to intimacy and understanding. And I just really liked that, uh, little tidbit there. Um, because I do think that's true. Like without, without the back and forth and the listening and the talking, like how, how are you going to get closer unless it is just chemistry? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So moving into chapter seven, um, I found this one interesting. Um, and we'll just, again, briefly touch on it, but basically it talks about the concept that we're the common denominator in all of our relationships. So if you're with someone who talks poorly about their past partners Or when they do talk about their past partners, it's always like, well, these are all the things that they did wrong and no like admission of their own fault in their relationships or, you know, mutual responsibility for the ending. Major red flag, major red flag, flag. because even, and I'm not saying like, oh, this is not me and here's how I'm not this, but kind of as an example, I'd like to think I'm not this because even in like my worst relationship situation where like the person did some bad things, I'm, I still accept some level of responsibility of like, you know, I could have handled that better and I should have seen X, Y, Z sign. And I should have communicated this boundary better. And like those types of things of like, no, I'm, I have not been a perfect person in any relationship or interaction I've been in. Cause that no one's a perfect person. So if you're coming out of a relationship saying like, oh yeah, it's all him or all her, they were crazy. Red mm-hmm. flag, red flag, red flag on yourself. Like you're playing yourself Yeah, because yeah, like, again, we are the common denominator of all these relationships. So if like, if you keep having failed relationships, you can't just keep blaming it on that other person as if you have no fault. It's like, okay, well, what's the one thing that all of these relationship relationships have in common? You can't just be like, well, they're all men. I guess I got to date girls now. Like, no, that's not the common denominator. Even though if that's your thing, sure, maybe you want to switch it up, get, throw, sprinkle in a little bit of spice. But for like 
you know, but you are the, sometimes you might be the problem. Yeah. Um, and that's okay. Again, maybe not. Yeah. And it's okay. Maybe not a hundred percent of the problem, but like you're part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. And so just taking that into consideration one for yourself, like let's do some self inventory here, but then also when you're, you are with a new person dating a new person, like seeing the way that they talk about their past, um, partners and kind of asking questions of like, how would your past partners describe you? Like, what were like things that you guys argued about? Um, like how did you solve problems? And like, you know, just like all of those like context and history of not just like, Oh yeah, I dated this one person for this amount of time and it ended you know what I mean? Like really kind of diving yeah. a little bit deeper because history tends to repeat itself. Yeah. And I know, know that's, um, can be kind of awkward. Like, but once you get to that stage in a relationship yeah. to where you're talking about your exes and, you know, you want to know more about that scenario, it's like, you don't want to be, too, you don't want to know too much, but like you, there are some things that are worth knowing. And those are some examples uh, because someone could for sure just be like, oh yeah, we broke up because she was crazy and, and she did this and she did that. But like, if you really start asking these types of questions, like, okay, well then how did you solve that issue? And, mm-hmm. and the answer is just, well, she argued or she threw things or he would just leave, you yeah. know, it's like, okay, then what did you do? Like, what, what was your role in yeah. that? It's mm-hmm. like starting starting to ask those questions when you're finding out about people's exes will tell you a lot. Yeah. And just like listening to that story and taking it for what it is. Because I know yeah. I've done that before and I'm like, okay, there's many sides to this story, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, let's get to the meat of this. Yeah, because we all have our own narrative in the way that we tell things. So I think the questioning part is key. Of course, in due time and the relationship at the appropriate checkpoint um yeah but with that rounding out this week's reading was chapter eight and this chapter really just focused on um family and your family relationships the roles within your family and how all of that um influences you and how you operate in the world and also how you operate in a relationship or potentially your own new you know, family. Um, and I will say briefly that something that this reminded me a lot of a book that I already read earlier, I guess this year or last winter, 2020, whatever, um, was a book called, it didn't start with you. Um, I think it's, I think it's, it didn't start with you, how, um, inherited family trauma shapes our lives, something like that. Basically how, Uh, And people don't like the word trauma because I feel like they think it has to be like the worst possible situation ever, you know, for it to count as trauma. But basically how any like negative emotional events or things that have happened in your family can be passed down, not only through experience, but actually like through genetics. And like, there's a lot of science behind it. It's like a deep book. I mean, it takes a lot to digest it all, but it's very interesting And so this, it's kind of like a much deeper dive. It's a whole book on this chapter. Yeah. And we'll, I mean, I'm just going to touch on it briefly, but 
the chapter seven um, and chapter eight do talk a lot about like family and like um, just relationships, but also like relationships between partners who have children, um, which we aren't going to necessarily touch on too deeply because neither Mackenzie or I do have children, but we come from parents, obviously, and um, we come <laughs> from divorced parents. And so we do have the perspective of being the children of parents who may potentially be getting back out there in the dating world. And so that is a whole nother perspective that like listening to this book, even though it's targeted towards, you know, people who are dating who have children, it's like, okay, but what about the children of the people who are dating? Like Mm -hmm. just a whole nother like way of looking at things. So I thought that was interesting. We won't talk too deeply about it because it was talking about boundaries and like, you know, when to introduce people um, to your significant others, uh, you know, to your children and all those different, you know, levels of closeness. But I did think that was interesting. But anyways, sorry, those little tangent there. Back to um, our actual family and our background. Um, one of the questions was like, to what extent does your family express closeness and openness? And it just kind of makes you think about your own family dynamics and how, um, how you are in your household when you grow up is likely to be what's reflected in your future home with your, whoever your partner is and, um, whether or not you're going to, again, directly reflect that or reflect the opposite of that, um, which is very interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah. They, they talk about that. And also, um, your relationships with your parents, both like with your same sex parent and then your opposite sex parent. Um, because again, this book is tailored to all genders. Um, so just kind of, reflecting on that and you know what was what was the relationship that you had with that parent what was the relationship that your parents had with each other and then also what roles did your parents play in like the family unit as a whole um and what role did you play as like a child and you know how that affects us now and it talks a lot about how um a lot of times the children, you and your same sex parents, like for me and my mom, for example, um, that they tend to fall into similar roles, even if they're different in personality, they can like take up the same role in the family or at least in their future family, which I thought was interesting. Um, because I'm always like, when I hear these types of things and like when I read the um, it didn't start with you, but I'm always so torn because I know, I know it's not a black and white thing and no one's implying that it is, but like my parents are very different from each other in a lot of ways. And I feel like I can be like both of them in a lot of ways. And so I'm like, well, I'm not always this, but I'm not always that I'm both. And Again, no one said that you couldn't be both, but I think a lot of other people out there are like, oh, I'm just like my mom or I'm just like my dad. And I'm like, uh, I'm like a mix in, in different ways. I feel like I, 
I don't know how to phrase that. I, I use, I have some of their same qualities, but I use them or express them in different ways that they don't look similar, if that makes sense. But at the core, they are. Yes. So again, this is just me breaking it down like simply, but for example, maybe a trait that you see as positive in your mom, you maybe that comes out in the worst parts of you Mm -hmm. or like something that you see from your dad that you think is a really good quality is something that you maybe don't like about yourself or something like, or the opposite, something like something you like over here and you like over here and you like that about yourself, but they come out in different scenarios. Yeah. Or like maybe this is not necessarily the most positive quality, but I've turned it and like used it for good. And maybe this is something that's like really positive or really nice, but I've almost used it as like something that people can use against me kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. I kind of struggled with this um, piece of the book as well. Um, just because I will say for myself personally, I am a lot closer to my mom than I am my dad. Mm-hmm. So I'm like more naturally going to adopt the things um, and qualities from her. And I hope that I do in like a personal sense, but maybe not in like a relationship sense because um, and nothing against my own mother because I love her to death, but I've seen her go through um, some like really devastating relationships. And so it's like, okay, I want to adopt some qualities that she has, but maybe not necessarily follow through with them in the same way that she has, um, in relationships. And, but, um, you know, there's also that dynamic of me and my dad who we are, not as close or I didn't spend as much time with him. So I don't even know what qualities of his I might even have that I don't even realize are from him. And so I'd be interested to maybe find that out. I'm still learning about that as we get closer. And as I'm like, you know, I'm getting older and we're getting closer, but like say this wrong. But when it talked about your relationship with your opposite sex parent, So for me, my dad, um, it talked about how that kind of translates into how you express your intimacy. And um, I guess it would be the same with like sons and mothers um, and like daughters and fathers. And I just found that really interesting because in my personal experience, you know, I didn't have a lot of intimate moments with my dad because we were separated. Like we live in two totally different places. We weren't always keeping in contact with each other. I know he still loves me. I still love him, but like, we don't have that closeness of living in the same home for years and years. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, maybe that has affected the way that I am intimate with close, you know, opposite sex people in my life. Um, So it just kind of really made me think about that. It's a lot families, man. It's a lot. Even if you, again, like, even if you don't have a traumatic family in the most common way that we think of trauma, 
um, it can still be a lot. You're like, this is a lot to take on. And like you kind of mentioned with your mom, I think it's a complex relationship. Um, both of us coming from, um, parents that are divorced. And I know there's a ton of people out there, um, with divorced parents of, you can like really love your parents and they can have really great qualities, but at the same time, you're like, this is not what I want. And sometimes that's hard to communicate, especially to your parents, because, I totally understand why they would be offended, but like, what do you mean? You don't want this or you don't want to be like me. And it's like, well, I'm not saying everything about you is wrong and everything about, you know, your marriage or our family or anything like that is wrong. It just means like, I might want something a little bit different and that's okay. And I do think that, um, I'll say to an extent, at least for my own parents, I think that they're at least understanding of that fact, even though that might not be like their favorite thing to hear. Um, I think that they're good at being understanding of that because they both had divorced parents. So for so long, the reason they didn't get divorced is because they like saw how divorce was for them and their families and they didn't want that. So like they've had that same experience of like, they loved their parents too, and they still love their parents, but it's a complicated relationship of wanting something, you know, a little bit different for yourself and wanting, um, you know, just yeah, wanting to change that. Yeah. Pattern. Change the narrative and that pattern and yeah. et cetera. And as much as we are like our families, we still do have our own unique personalities. You have the capability and personal choice, I believe to create your own reality, create your own relationship. And so it just, but it takes a lot of intentional work. You can't just let the chips fall where they may, you know? Exactly. But I also think that there's something to to be said about like fighting so hard to be the opposite of whatever it is you were raised in. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you can't just, um, I don't know how to say this in like an eloquent or um intellectual way but like what am I trying to say here you don't want to you just want to go to the opposite extreme I mean like I just said yeah like my parents because they so did not want to get divorced that's why they stayed married for a really long time and again to not to say that there weren't like great wonderful beautiful things that came out of that including yours truly Um, but (laughs) you know, if, if maybe they hadn't had that experience of, you know, both of their parents being divorced, they might have been a little bit more, I know this sounds bad, but more open to divorce or like when things weren't working out of like, Hey, maybe this is the best decision or choice for both of us. Um, and that's just one example, but I think there's lots of like, you can just, you know, your parents didn't give you any affection. And so then you just smother your children or vice versa. You felt smothered and then you're really distant from, you know, so it, it's all a balance. Exactly. Thank you. Took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I know this one's getting to be a doozy, but that wraps up our thoughts on this week's chapters of the book club. So next week we'll be reading chapters nine through 12. Yes, that math is correct. That okay, nine through twelve. <laughs> um, so uh catch up on your books this week. Um, or don't if you're not reading along and you're just following our commentary, that is fine too. And we will be back at you next week, next Friday, 
And all I can say is I hope that you're blissfully listening to Taylor Swift music. Oh, man. I hope so, too. But who can be too sure? All right. Um, Until next time, peace out, Swifties. That's a wrap. (laughs) Hee hee.